ESPN Red Sox beat CLNS Media, of course, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Red Sox at Red Sox CLNS on Twitter for all the coverage of the network on Facebook. The show is Red Sox Beat Podcast. And of course, don't forget, please, 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 I beg of you, of course, go to the iTunes page and rate, review, and subscribe to us as the season is into May now. Uh, Bruins are out of the playoffs, so one less team to worry about distracting you from the wonderful boys of Fenway Park. Um, Red Sox, have a good week this week. They're still up there having a successful year, of course. Dustin Majori is on his way back, and that's a timeline. Uh, Jess Thomas here alongside myself, Jared Scally. Jess, this team, as we jump right into it, does have its problems, but, I mean, we can't complain. They're still the best team in the majors. Yeah, man, 25-9, and nine, game ahead of the Yankees. The Yankees have won 15 out of the last 16 games, and the Red Sox are still in first. That's how good of a season they're having. Yeah, you think the Yankees figured it out, though? Wow. Um, (laughs) they're they're gonna go toe-in-toe with the Red Sox all the way through we knew that obviously the Yankees were being picked to win the division they might still be uh and they have a big series with the Yankees coming up this week so I think that'll be a a lot better series that'll be very entertaining now that it seems like they figured it out so we'll talk about that series later on but let's start and I I feel like every show we do with David Price comes up one way or the other um (laughs) because of what what just what he is but let's talk about him for a little bit because since those two starts in Tampa Obviously came home, had the circulation issue, got pulled out of that game early in that second inning here at Fenway, and now hasn't been what we thought he'd be. He's been like he's pitched like crap, to be fair. And I'm one of the guys who thought, mm-hmm. you know, he'd come in and, and hopefully do well this year, but he apparently they're still trying to blame the circulation issues, just like I don't know if I buy it or if they're just you now using that as an excuse because he's pitching like crap, but like are we expecting to see David Price? I, at this point I don't I don't buy the whole circulation issue. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know about that they were recirculating the circulation issue until until uh, tonight here. Um, I just figured he was pitching like crap. So that kind of seems like a really nice built-in excuse. Oh, you're still pitching poorly. Hey, David, uh, that circulation, how's that going? I don't know. It could be true, but it seems like kind of a load of garbage to me. And I mean, he got rocked by the Rangers, and that's the Rangers, not a good team. They're a bad team. And the Sox won the other three games of the series against them. But the Rangers won 11-5 to on Thursday when Price pitched, and he gave up nine runs and seven earned and two to a crap team. That's pathetic. And he's done that like three starts in a row. So uh, time to hit the panic button on Price. Who knows if it's circulation, but um, he's not not quite what people wanted him to be this year yet. No, and the fact that they're trying to now, like, recir- like you said, recirculate the circulation <laughs> issue. Um, it blows my mind because this team has just done so much to protect him, and he's done nothing to return the favor. He's pitched like crap. Um, apparently, he's better in the clubhouse this year, and, like, apparently they all love him. But, like, that's fine. If you're not pitching well, you got to figure it out. And don't blame the circulation. Just why won't this – I mean, if anyone's going to come out and say it, it's probably going to be Alex Cora, but, like – this team and this and that him himself needs to just be like I'm not pitching well I suck like I gotta figure this out right and if it is a circulation issue I mean you think Boston sports teams probably have the best access to like everything in terms of medical things so like right. you think somebody would be able to figure out what exactly it is and how to fix it but and they I, haven't yet I, so I read that like they were looking into a, a pouch like a hand warmer like almost like mm-hmm. Tom Brady wears on, on Sundays mm-hmm. like and that'd be weird that's weird though in baseball yeah that's very strange. I'm sure it would be some know. smaller version of it because it'd be just for one hand because apparently it's really just his left hand I don't know it'd be going it'd be I don't believe any of I mean I believe there's a problem when it's cold out but does he really need a hand warmer when it's 90 degrees and sunny Mark, he just pitched in Texas. Yeah, it was Texas. The, you should this, you if you watched the game at all you saw him when they were showing him for warm up and his gray jersey was turning dark gray 
like in warm-ups yeah. because it's hot. If you have a circulation problem in Texas, you might want to be checked out for something more than just the circulation problem. Yeah. I mean, then they're starting to get concerned. I mean, are they going to shut him down and then, like, search his whole body and make sure nothing else is wrong? Because if you're having that problem in Texas, we're not talking about 30-degree Boston. We're talking about Texas. Yeah, we're talking about Texas. So, we're talking about Texas, man. We're not talking about Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's ridiculous to me that they can even claim circulation issues at this point. Um, if, if I don't know. All I know is if David Price rolls out there at Fenway Park in the middle of July with a hand warmer, attached to his hip or in his back pocket and then he starts pitching better it's fine whatever do it but like that's absolutely obscene get ready for excuse time city though because he's pitching in the second game of the yankee series on wednesday and it's in new york and i haven't looked at new york's weather but here in boston about 72 so it's probably pretty nice in new york too and if he lays an egg in that game too then he's probably not gonna ever hear the end of it oh chalk that up as a loss it's ridiculous, and, and I, I was one of the guys, and, and you'll know this too, Jess. Like I came into this season preaching, like I was like, I think David Price is turning stone. I think Alex Gore is a big part of it. You saw the dominance early. You said he was saying all the right things. He was coming in, looked like he was in control of the stuff, and then one bad start in the cold weather. And now he's blaming his circulation, and now I'm back on the what the hell, David Price? Like what are you doing? Like get yeah, over yourself. I was on the I was on the bandwagon too. I was like, I think we all were. Not, a lot of people were. Yeah, he's not making a fool of himself. He has it's two great starts. starts. He seems to have his head more on straight that's the problem with him is that when one thing goes wrong his world just seems to like collapse underneath him you know and i don't even think like i'm off the bandwagon i might be like one hand holding on to the railing of the bandwagon <laughs> at this point like i don't think i'm officially on the tracks yet rolling around as the train pulls away but yeah i'm close and it's only it's only may so we'll see maybe by maybe by june I, i'm on the train tracks watching david price and the bandwagon run away yeah, he's going to go one way or the other, so we're going to find out at some point. Yeah. Or maybe he'll just stop pitching completely. I don't know. Seriously, it'll be soon. That's for sure. Um, from negative to positive, Mookie Betts. Um, this guy is just a stud. And he has – how many three-run home run games does he have now? Two? Three? Two this year, four for his career. Which is insane. I feel like every the time get, the guy gets up to plate ever, he's just going to hit a home run. Um, I'm glad that Alex Cora has come out and said he's hitting lead off and that's it. That's where it seems like he's comfortable. It's almost like it's like the Springer effect in Houston, right? You have that power at the top who can get on base and then come around the top. Now you have power again to get the guys who are at the bottom of the order coming. It just works. It's a great recipe for success. And this dude's playing phenomenal. He is day-to-day. I don't know if I'm concerned anymore about the injury. I think it's more of a It was problem. weird. Yeah. It was a weird – well, because like he got hit in the back with a throw – and then he slid into the base, and then it was his hand that was hurt. But it just looked like it went in the dirt like any normal slide. Yeah. I feel like his back would have been the thing that was hurt. So I, by watching it, I watched it live. It didn't seem like it would be as bad as it seemed like it was. Yeah, I don't so know if just, it, it might have just been a stinger. It might have just tweaked the wrong way. Um, yeah. I can't imagine he'll be out long. Um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play in the Yankees series. I'd say, especially with the Yankees <laughs> coming yeah, up on the schedule. I'd, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't throw a little icy hot on his back and whatever, or wherever else is hurting and in plays. But I, I want to talk the bigger picture with him because the way he's playing right now, and of course the MVP type caliber that he should have won season two years ago. Can this guy be the Mike Trout of the East Coast? Can this guy be better than Mike Trout? Because this guy is in more primetime games. He's more well known. Obviously, Mike Trout is a name, but like. He's not on the West Coast. He's on the East Coast. Can Mookie Betts become the face of baseball? I don't see why not. I mean, I, I know he doesn't have, like, the outgoing personality, but neither does Trout. So, and he became that. So, I mean, yeah, Betts should have won the MVP two years ago. He had a 
quote unquote down year last year. His numbers were still better than most players in the league, so that's hardly a down year. People are expecting this, this though. That's the thing. People were expecting right. this. Right. And now he's doing it again. He's hitting three fifty five with thirteen home runs, twenty six RBI, twelve doubles, thirty nine hits, thirty six runs. And he has more walks than strikeouts, mind you. 14 walks, 13 strikeouts. So he's literally doing everything. He leads the majors in home runs with 13. He's had three, sorry, two three-home run games already this season and four in his career, which passes Ted Williams for the most in Red Sox history. And he has the most three-home run games for a player under 26 years old. So guy's breaking records and making history literally like every game he plays. And, I mean... He leads the league in almost every category at this point. And he didn't. He only had two home runs for the first like two weeks of the season. It's because of these three home run games. He's just gone, gone insane. He's got this unbelievable power because of his incredible swing. So, I mean, the fact that he did this two years ago, he had another great year last year. He's having a historic season this season. I mean, what do you what do you ask for? Maybe one more season of this and then call him the face of baseball? I mean, what do you want? I mean, he's putting everybody on notice. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody's tweeting about him all the time and – Major League Baseball is just crapping their pants over him. I mean, he's like he's almost there already. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty close. Um, and I think him being on the East Coast helps that because you don't really – like even the way Mike Trout plays, you don't watch him play baseball. He's on the West Coast. Most of his games are right. at 10 o'clock at night for like the majority of the states. So like why are we ever going to watch him except like all-star games and then playoff time? That's when you really watch Mike Trout if he's in the playoffs. So like – you know, <laughs> Which hasn't happened most of most Which of hasn't happened. So – and then like it's like the same thing with Albert Pujols. Like remember when he was in St. Louis, he had a lot more games like we could watch. And then you move him to – the West Coast, and you forget about who, you forget about Albert Pujols, who was like yep. the one of the faces of baseball forever. I think being on the East Coast gives Mookie Betts a massive advantage in a big market. Obviously, LA is a big market, but you put Mookie Betts in a big baseball market like Boston in a competitive market. You make this team now who has the best record in baseball. It's a, it's a winning combination that I think you can almost even arguably make him. You can do, you can deem him now. I think the Mike Trout of the East Coast. And if he keeps doing this by the end of the year, you could probably deem him better than Mike Trout. Totally. I mean, he's getting MVP this year if he keeps this up because his numbers are just outstanding. And the crazy thing is, J.D. Martinez's numbers not quite as flashy because he doesn't have two, three homer games and stuff like that. But J.D.'s hitting three forty nine, which is only six points behind Betts. He has 27 RBI, which is one more than Betts. He's got eight homers. He leads the team with 44 hits. I mean, yes, he has more strikeouts and less runs than Betts, but, like, his numbers are close to his, and Betts' numbers are off the charts. So, I mean, J.D., how you can't complain about this guy. He's been steady, and his numbers are amazing. amazing. Yeah. What a two-headed monster they are. Yeah, and I think he's justifying – and J.D. Martinez is justifying the price, you, you, and you obviously oh, yeah. you got him for a bargain anyway. You didn't pay what you thought you were going to have to pay, but I think he's justifying why he, he was the coveted number. I think he's – I won't say obviously as pure of a power hitter as Stanton is, but I would say that you know he's justifiably holding his own and, and showing why you can rely on him in that part of the lineup. And then as Hanley hits and he's consistent, Mookie and JD are now becoming like you said a two-headed monster with other guys around them. Mitch Moreland's been playing phenomenal while he's been in there. Hanley sure has. can always hit the crap out of the ball. This offense is figuring it out at a time now that Mookie Betts is just like, all right, guys, hop on my back. And Bedroya's not even back yet, so it's it's really just. The team is coming into its own, and the fact that, I mean, they have, what, six grand slams, 
before May. <laughs> like, and that, they had yeah. none last year, Jess. Like that that speaks to what this team has done in the short amount of time. It's we're sitting here on May sixth, recording this. They have six Grand Slams, six more than they had last year. And Mookie Betts is playing at an obscene amount of pace, and this team is clicking on all cylinders, and they're the best team in baseball. Yeah, I mean, I'd be terrified if I were the rest of the league because think about this: you have Ben Tendi, who has been very little this year. I mean, his numbers are, are pretty crappy. You have him not playing well. You have Vasquez hitting under 200. You have Jackie Bradley Jr. hitting under 180. Like three guys that you want to rely on more consistently, and you still have the best team in baseball. And you have two guys who are hitting 349 and above, and Mitch Moreland's hitting 347. So it's like guys are picking up the slack for guys who aren't who aren't hitting well. So the fact that you're still the best team in the league with all those guys who are playing like crap is just, I mean, I'd be terrified of the rest of the league. If Benintendi gets going, if Bradley gets going, I mean, holy crap, they're already winning almost every game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it's, it's insane. Yeah, no, and that's the thing is, like, I don't expect Brad, I don't expect anything from Bradley at the play at this point. Like, he's still up and down. Like, nope. I'll take the hot streaks when you get him, and at that point, his defense is worth it. You put him at the bottom of the lineup, whatever. Um, catching position, I think, will figure itself out, whether it's Swihart coming in, who has been playing a little bit here, uh, which I'll talk about him in a second, too. But I think the big thing is Benintendi, like, for him, obviously, not the numbers we expected. Um, the biggest question I know has been tossed around too is like, is he been overhyped? You know, is he really not that good? Um, I would say mm-hmm. no, he is good. I think he's just not hitting well right now. Um, I don't freak out about anybody until I'd say end of May, end of June, maybe, depending on who it is. If it's David Price, I might just jump off the bandwagon by next week's show. Who knows? See how that start <laughs> in New York goes. But look, this offense is scary good. And they could just go with these guys who are now clicking. And Xander Bogarts, and we haven't really talked about him because he's been hurt too, but like Xander Bogarts has been on a tear. Like he's hitting everything. Oh, yeah. And it shows he, even he more. He has two of the Grand Slams. Yeah, he has two out of the six. And it shows me even more that Xander Bogarts' problem last year was his hand. He was playing through an injury Definitely. and he wasn't healthy. And now that he can hold the bat and feel the bat in his hand, he can hit the baseball again. Right. He's hitting 333. He's got three homers, two of them grand slams, 16 RBI. I mean, and his numbers would probably be up there with, with some of the better guys if he didn't get hurt for those couple of weeks. So yeah, he's rolling, too. He didn't seem to miss much of a beat on the DL as well. So, yeah, I mean, the offense is in a really good place. And when you got two of the best hitters in the league leading that charge, um, teams are going to be scared of you. And they probably are because they're clicking. Yeah, it's insane. So they're definitely clicking there one – thing that we wanted to know too was Craig Kimbrell because this guy has just been obviously a stud in his career um got his 300th career save versus Texas just wanted to note that because he's he's the youngest guy to do it is that right I remember reading that somewhere he is the he's youngest, the youngest and, he, and he did it in the fewest amount of opportunities yeah so it's like this guy I'm afraid you're gonna lose him that's the problem like when his contract's up because he's gonna get a lot of money and I don't I, I don't know if Dombrowski will pay him but I think you need to so worth it, though. You so pay, worth you, it. You pay the money for Craig Kimbrell. He's figured himself out. He's back to what he was doing when he was with Atlanta. And this dude is almost unhittable. Like, he has a couple hiccups, but, like... Um, yeah, he blew, yeah, he blew ones, but... Yeah, but, like, this dude is practically unhittable. And I, I am 99% confident every time he gets to the mound that he's going to just blow by guys. And with his slider combined, like, there's a reason why he is the youngest and fastest guy in, like, the least amount of attempts to get to that number. Um, and this is uh, speaks volumes to why this team is the best in the league because you're, in close games, even after your eighth inning guys screw the pooch, you have him to come in and clean it up. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, he has 300 saves out of 330 chances, and 
the thing I enjoyed was the game after he blew the home run to tie it against the Royals in a game they'd go on to lose seven to six in 12 innings. The next night he came in for a safe situation and struck out the side. Yep. So it's like he, he wasn't messing around after he screwed it's it like, up. Screw he you. I'm, I'm done. Like, like you messed, you, you messed with my game the night before. Well, I'll mess with you now. So yeah, it's huge to have him, him at the end of the and at back of the rotation, because obviously sometimes the bullpen's uh, a little shaky and then he can come in and, and clean it up. But I mean, the stars are still, pitching so well that the relievers still haven't had to do that much because the starters have been so good i mean sales he already got a 202 this 12 strikeout win today um porcello is at 214 is in the ra he won again with six innings of one run ball and eight strikeouts he's been the best pitcher i mean five and zero with a 214 era um the thing i like the most about about the bullpen at this point, and you didn't think you'd be saying this, is Hector Velazquez. Because every time a starter doesn't pitch well, which has pretty much just been Pomerantz and Erod, Velazquez has come in and cleaned up their mess and pitched two to four innings. He's 4-0 and with a 238 ERA. He's like literally been a starter because he just picks up the pieces when the starter goes down, and he's pretty much been unhittable so far this year. I think he's the most surprising and the most impactful bullpen guy besides Kimbrell they've had. He's, he's that old-school long-relief guy you don't really see in the league anymore. Um, and it really speaks to, and, and this is a question that I know uh, Nick Qualia and Alex Barth did a roundtable on actually here on the network too. It was, mm-hmm. at what point do you look at Velasquez to replace somebody in the rotation because of the way he's pitching? Um, I almost would consider it. You give those guys a couple more times. You give Palm Reigns his due. You, if anyone, you're going to replace Erod. Erod? If anyone, yeah. you're going to replace Erod. Um, I would consider it though, Jess. I think it's a fair point. The guy has not missed a beat, even going into the bullpen and pitching two four-innings here and there. He's been asked to do anything he needed to do. He's been doing everything he's been asked to do. And I would consider it because Erod isn't pitching well right now. He might need some more work to get his stuff back for work on the mechanics. And you might as well reward the hot hand and let the guy pitch six innings instead of two. Right. I mean, the fact that he's pitched eight games this year and has four wins literally tells you all you need to know. He comes into the game in the fourth or fifth inning, sixth inning, he pitches several innings. The offense gets the lead back after the starter blew it, and then he gets the win. It's happens. It's happens. Times, which is it's. I mean, yeah, give him the start and let him go longer, and see if he can get the win. Because I mean, as as good as the pitching's been, which is obvious. I mean, that shows you how good that Sale and Porcello have been. Because Price, Erod, and Pomerantz ERAs are all over five. Price is five eleven, Erod's five twenty nine, and Pomerantz is six fourteen, and the pitching's still been as good as it has. That just shows you how good Sale, Porcello, and Velasquez have been. So, I mean, with those terrible ERAs, why not slot them in there? Make up a phantom excuse for one of those guys and let them figure out what's wrong with them and get him some more starts and get him some more wins. Yeah, I don't hurt you at all. Yeah, no, it just makes too much sense because the way he's throwing the ball, you, you, you ride the hot hand, and worst case, you know, he starts to slip a little bit. You put him back in the bullpen, and then Erod has figured it out potentially, and you bring him back. Um, you still have Stephen Wright coming back, right? He's still he's still down yeah. there working too. He's coming off the suspension slash just finishing spring training, and then you have um, Tyler Thornburg coming up to share up the bullpen. So you you have arms coming back, mm-hmm. um, and Thornburg, can I tell you, has looked pretty good in a couple of rehab starts that you've had some video on. Um, he, he, he might be that eighth inning guy. He has that ability. And I know I tweeted out earlier, I think it was this week, when they, they released some video um, when he was doing the rehab stint. Man, his curveball looks good. Mm. Um, and, and I don't know if he's 100% healthy. He looks like he might be, and I think um, I, I think it might be the real time for him to come out and shine. And, and he might be able to prove that the Travis Shaw deal is worth it. Because if he can come in and, and be a lockdown eighth inning guy, 
then we can have that conversation of maybe it wasn't a mistake to trade Travis Shaw because of who you have now, right? You have J.D. Martinez, you have Mookie Betts, you still have Hanley, you have these guys, Moreland, around him that if Thornburg can come in, that's a lot of pressure to put on Thornburg, but it is the way it is. If Thornburg can come off this rehab and come in and be and become that eighth inning guy that it seems like he needs to be because I don't trust anybody else to do it locked down all the time, then then you're talking about, okay, maybe it was okay to trade Travis Shaw. Yeah, because you have Devers playing his position, and like you said, plenty of other guys that are hitting well. So you need the pitching more than the hitting at this point, I'd say, at, 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 in this season. So, And, I mean, Carson Smith was supposed to be your eighth inning guy, and his ERA is 422. He's gotten a little better, but he still doesn't seem quite trustworthy enough to the point that they would pitch him in the eighth inning. I think they want to, but he just doesn't seem to quite be there yet. I don't know if he's just still getting healthier from his Tommy John. It's a long time to come back from. But if he can't do it, maybe Thornburg can or maybe they can real they can like slip Smith into there and have him be a better and pitch the eighth inning while Thornburg comes back and gets some action under his belt and then maybe if Smith's not doing as well slip Thornburg in there or maybe have both of them and have him switch off I think you just need to get both of them comfortable pitching to see who's able to do you know get the game to Kimbrell in the ninth because there's still not really a specific steady guy that's done that yet you just sound like a cheerleader Carson Smith can't do it, then Tyler Thornburg can. <laughs> that's all I could think about while you were talking. I was like, oh, that's, that's hilarious. Oh, man. Baseball fans, though, you know what? If you love fantasy baseball um, as much as you love just talking about Carson Smith and Tyler Thornburg, then, then you got to try out our new favorite app. It's called Draft. If you haven't heard of it, it's, it's daily fantasy baseball, uh, but not like the other guys. If you're, if you're on Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in in your season-long leagues. Uh, drafts last for just one night, and once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wires. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, guys, it's playing for cold, hard cash. Get paid out on the next day. Drafts start from just a dollar. So there's a draft for literally everybody. We've started playing draft. We love it. I know I did a draft the other day. Won a couple bucks off it. Not mad to say it was great, um, but it, the nice thing is what happened was you know I I um, I, I forget the name of the guy now, but I, I took a picture. Uh, ended up not being able to go, or I took it was it was a weird situation. But I got a notification on my phone like an hour after the draft saying he's not playing. You need to figure it out. They let you swap him out, so it's real time. Um, and the beauty of it, Jess, is that you know it's fast, it's quick, it's easy, and you can win cash. Yeah, I love the player swap thing, too. I picked uh, bets in my draft last week, and it was one of those games where he he thought he might come back, but then he ended up coming back the next game. So he didn't play in that game, and it alerted me and said to swap him out. So I swapped bets out for Ryan Braun, and he had three RBI, and I was like, there you go. I just got away more points than I would have (laughs) because of that feature. So that's a great feature. It's nice to be able to know that you can draft someone, and if they don't play, you can just get rid of them. Yeah, it's a fantastic feature. It's overall a great, a great experience. If you want to join the fun, join us on Draft today. Search Draft in your app store or play right now from your computer at Draft.com. And for a limited time only, you want to hear all this, all of our Red Sox beat listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code Red Sox Beat. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using our promo code Red Sox Beat when you make your first deposit. Search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and enter the promo code Red Sox beat. Um, a couple other Red Sox things before we get to a couple things around the league, smaller things. But um, one a little bit about Blake Swihart because he literally apparently hasn't asked for a trade. Don't know why. Um, 
But give he's him loyal. <laughs> but give him credit. No, seriously though, I think that's where I'm going with this because you give him credit. He wants to be here. He wants to work hard. And I also think that he might see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel here, because these two catchers in Sandy Leone and Christian Vasquez, and I and I love Vasquez, but it's getting hard for me to defend him because he's making defensive mistakes on top of not hitting. And my biggest argument to play the guy is he's stellar behind the plate. Who cares about the bat? When one goes, the other one's got to improve, and they're not. I you give Blake Swihart a shot, and potentially maybe they are showcasing him. To, to ship him off when Pedroia comes back and get something for him. Who knows? But it, you got to give him a shot here, and I think he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. He's going to get a chance to play a little bit here. He's going to get a chance to showcase why he's on the roster in the first place in the spring that he had. And I think overall, I give him a lot of credit to stand pat here and say, you know what, I'm just going to bust my butt, I'm going to work hard, and if I don't get a shot here, someone's going to notice me working hard here and not complaining, and they're going to want me somewhere else. Yeah, I think it's smart in his end to not ask for the trade. Because then, you know, he's not list- listed as, like, the, oh, the whiny guy who just wants to get out of there because he's not playing. So I think real smart decision on his end to not ask for a trade. I like that. And then, yeah, I mean, he's gotten a few opportunities. Like when Betts came out of the game today, Swire came in and, and performed defensively. So they switched the outfield around a little bit. So he's getting a little bit of playing time. And, yeah, I mean, Sandy Leonis hanging by a thread. He did hit a third home run today. Good for him. He's hanging around. It was his first home run since last year. And like you said, Vasquez still hitting under 200. It's just not not clicking for him, which is sad after he got his contract. So if Swihart feels like he can cash and they feel like he can cash, then it's just a ticking time bomb at this point. I mean, they got to do something with nobody's hitting over 200. So you'd think he would get an opportunity to cash or maybe. And if he doesn't, then he's still filled in for other guys a few times. So I agree. I think that he should get some more time, see what he can do with it. And then, yeah, I mean, if somebody if he ends up getting traded, then he ends up getting traded. But he looks good, he's, good he's, he's not whining about it. Is he on this team after the trade deadline? <sighs> I say yes. I think he's really going to become one of the main catchers. I don't see how they can keep hanging on to Leon. I know he's a good catcher, but it's like, can you really put up with a 154 average for that long? I don't know if he's worth it. So I hope Vasquez figures it out, but I think Swire can get some time at catcher. So I'm saying yes. I think he's going to stay. Yeah, see, I'm saying no. Because I, I, mm. re- I really just think this team loves Sandy Leon way too much. Um, and I think it's hard. That's for sure. And I think it's really hard for them to move on from him. Um, and I think they do love the Vasquez Sandy Leon tandem. And I think they're not going to be as bad as they are for the, for, from now until the deadline. It would be hard to It'd be. It would be hard to be as bad as they've been. So if even one of them improves, I think they'll be okay with having the other one back up. Like, I think if, if mm. Sandy Leon goes on a tear, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they, they've pretty set on Christian Vasquez being their guy. I, I do believe they're kind of showcasing Swihart as much as they possibly can here. Um, multiple positions, can can hit the crap out of the ball, can still catch and wants to catch. Um, some team will take a bite, and some team will pay for him because he's still a prospect. He's still a top prospect, a little older, but guy can plug and play right now. If someone really needs a catcher, if someone needs a position player, utility guy, it's a trade out there waiting to happen, and maybe you do need a bullpen arm at that point you know, um, because you don't know what's going to happen with the eighth inning if Thornburg's not there, or maybe you need a starter, or maybe you need some help um, at the bottom of the lineup somewhere else. Like There's stuff that you could need at the deadline that's why it probably is your best and maybe only trade chip. Well, my personal feeling on it is I hope he stays because I really want to see what he can do here. I would hate to see him go to another team and just like light it up and be like, yeah, we could have had that. Well, the, the left field experiment yeah. kind of screwed him. When they put him in yes, left field, sure so that didn't help him at all. Um, no, and that could. So I just been... wanted to get a better chance here to actually do what he can do. That's what I want. And that'd be nice, but like, I think I think he's going to get a chance and then get traded. He's going to play yeah. a little bit here to get showcased because no one's seen him play um, and really play since that left field debacle and when he got hurt when he slid into the wall. So like right. now it's 
that part screwed him up because he was playing. He was being successful. He was the everyday left fielder. Like they moved him to left field, and that was before they got Ben attending. And then now he got hurt and opened the door for Ben attending, and now he lost his position because of that. So it's just weird, weird how things work, isn't it? Really weird how things work. That's why I just don't <laughs> think. I think everything's gone pretty much the way every way it could for me to believe that Twihart really isn't meant to be on this roster long term um, because he's gotten every shot possible and just hasn't been able to stick. And that's and even whether it's injury or not, um, it's kind of screwed him over. But it is what it is. Um, a couple things around the league before we get out of here, um, kind of Sox related. The, the league announced that uh, Sox and the Yanks are going to play a couple games in London next summer. They're going to be technically Sox home games, which blows my mind that the Red Sox were willing to give up home games at Fenway Park to do this. But at the same time, the ownership group also has a stake in Liverpool out there in London. So I get it. They understand that market. They want to bring baseball out there. So they're going to take some extra cash they get from the league and give up two games at Fenway Park. I hate it because the Red Sox are giving up two home games for me to the Yankees against the Yankees at Fenway Park to go play in freaking London. Who cares? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why yeah. they're trying to bring – do you like this? Like I don't understand why they're trying to bring baseball out there, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I mean it's It's not it's a global a cool sport. Idea. It's not a global sport. Right. Like, I know the NBA did that. The Celtics played in London against the Sixers uh, in January. So The NBA is we'll a massively uh, global sport. Right. Exactly. Ever since the yeah, Dream I Team guess. and MJ, like, it's been a massively global sport. So maybe they're just trying it out to see if it will stick or whatever. I'm not really sure. I get it. And, yeah, taking away two games at Fenway versus the Yankees of all teams, like, you think you pick some team that people don't want to go to Fenway to see. Not the Yankees, but that's what they're picking. It's going to be June 29th and 30th, so, so look forward to that, or don't look forward to that. Yeah, we're going to talk, want to talk about that, but I want to. Like, I hate it. It's so annoying. I don't mind going, but like, don't take the Yankees games away. And I understand that was probably the league. Yeah. Like, hey, if you want to go, it's got to be the Yankees. Then whatever, they probably jumped on right. it because that's John Henry. But um, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. But either way, they're playing at the old uh, Olympic Stadium, right? That's what they're playing. Um, yes, yeah, that's right. I'm intrigued to see how many people would actually get in there to watch American baseball. Be shocking. Um, a couple other leagues around the notes. Albert Pujols got his 3,000th career hit, finally. I don't know. I don't even know how he hasn't had this yet. Um, he's been in the league for so freaking long. But we talked about earlier, you forget about him because he moved to the West Coast and no one cares about those teams. <laughs> so you forgot yes. about Albert Pujols. And all of a sudden, he became back relevant again because of this. He's having a good year overall. Um, and the team's having an okay year. But um, not surprised he got this. It's cool that he got it because, you know, Jess, we grew up watching Albert Pujols um, when, when he was on the Cardinals in those days and things like that. Nice to see him finally get it. Obviously, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my eyes. Um, and, and I think that this kind of puts the icing on the cake. Hopefully, he wins a I want him to win a World Series. Um, I don't think he ever will. But um, that would be the, the ultimate icing on the cake. Yeah, I mean, it's good for him. It's you know He's been in the league for a long time, like you said. And we saw him in his heyday when he was hitting 40, 50 years. So it was about time. He's been in the league for, for quite a many years so it makes sense that he get 3,000 hits but he's obviously been slowing down quite a bit for the last several years because he's not nearly as good as he was so he finally got it so good for him uh, it was about time but a pretty unbelievable career he's had yeah no it's um it's one of those things where you tip your hat and he's still playing still playing at a high level um who knows how long he wants to play he can probably hit as long as he wants to guys such a pure hitter um so who knows? But obviously he got his three thousand hit, and then the Dodgers had a no combined no hitter. Other than that, Dodgers aren't really successful so far this year, and I don't even know what's going on in Dodgerland because th- this is a team that should not be this bad, and they're not like, they're under five hundred. Yes, like it's not yeah. it's not a thing that should be happening. They're World Series favorites coming into the year, right? And that their combined no hitter started with a dude named Walker Bueller. Like it's happening with guys you don't even know about. So it's not like Kershaw. Speaking of Kershaw, he went in the DL today, but it wasn't like it was Kershaw, you know, getting a 
combined no hitter. It was some random guy no one's heard of. So strange things out there in, in Dodger land. But oh, I, something that uh, that I just thought of um, Ichiro. He, he like like retired kind of. Oh, it's like semi-retirement. Like, yeah, he's like yeah. going to the front office of the Mariners. Yeah, I don't know if they like brought him back and like told him, hey, you're gonna play like a month and then just not play because like it seems pretty <laughs> like just... anticlimactic. Like it was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the front yeah. office. I'm like, did you know about that? Like you don't seem pretty bad. Or, or do they bring him back and like be like, oh, that's right, you're hitting like 200 and you can't hit anymore. So here, front office. Yeah, <laughs> we love you though, Ichiro. Oh yeah, come play. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because, you know, like, he, he initially didn't have a team because the Marlins had him. They let him go because Jeter fire sold everybody. And then uh, went back to Japan, worked hard, and then eventually got the offer from Seattle. And we're like, great, it's just Seattle being nice. Like, they, they brought him into the league, whatever. And then he was playing, not well. And then all of a sudden, there you go, front office job. And it's like, okay, great. I know. I just saw a few people like giving like tributes on Twitter and be like, "Oh, Ichiro, what an incredible career!" I'm like, "Wait, what? Isn't he playing?" And it's yeah. like he's going to the front office. Yeah. When I first saw that, I was like, "Wait, guys, he's still in the league." Like I watched him play. Like he's in Seattle, right? Guys, I know it's on the West Coast, but he's still in the baseball league. Like, but then I saw something that said something like he hadn't decided if he was going to come back next year, but he was going to take the rest of this year off to do the front office. So like, I'm not sure if he's retired. retired really? I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird situation. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, it's a really weird situation. But there you go. Ichiro's retired, semi. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do in the front office. I don't even know if he's going to be there that often. But either way, he is retired. Um, and, yeah, so that's that. But let's um, let's get to the predictions for the week uh, before we get out of here because our Red Sox have a big week ahead of them, Jess. Um, yeah, continuing their, time. Con- continuing their road trip, coming back in this division. Um, you have three against the Yankees, three against Toronto, and then after that, just to look ahead about division, you have three against Oakland again, and then after that, you play Baltimore-Tampa. So a lot of division coming up in May. It's mostly it's mm-hmm. mostly division games, so get used to playing the division. Hopefully you win all of them. But um, three in New York, you got Pomeranz, Severino, Price, Tanaka, and Porcello, Sabathia on the docket, um, all at the stadium. Um, best, two teams, best two teams in baseball by the record. So it, it, it should be fun. Uh, Wednesday night baseball on ESPN, but either way, Jess, I don't know how this series is going to go. I don't really either. It's interesting because, I mean, they're so hot. They've won 15 of 16, like I said earlier. And then, obviously, the Sox are playing well, too. They won four or five. So, I think it really is going to come down to the pitching matchups. And, I mean, obviously, Severino versus Pomerantz last year. Last year. Really even this year, since Pomerantz hasn't figured it out yet, it obviously favors the Yankees at this point. Severino is 5-1. And, and then Price versus Tanaka. I mean, they've both they're both not nearly as good as they should be. So hard to know what to expect there. And then Porcello Sabathia, I mean, they've both been – I mean, Sabathia's 2-0, and and he's got a low ERA. Obviously, Porcello's made more starts, and he's 5-0. and So I assume that favors the Red Sox. But it's it's interesting pitching matchups. And I don't know how it's – you might, might see a lot of runs this series. Yeah, I don't know. It's unfortunate that they're going to miss Sale um, this series. I think it would yes. be nice to have him. But um, he is pitching in Toronto. But um, – I think you chalk up the price to Naka series as a loss, um, just like off the bat. Um, I, I have them losing two out of three this week uh, to the Yankees yeah. because the way the Yankees are playing gets me. Um, I think price scares me. That's a loss. Pomeranz hasn't been amazing. That's a loss. And I think you win the Porcello start just because Porcello's been – Because he never loses. Lights out. <laughs> um, and you're probably yes. going to get more than three runs against Sabathia because for some reason we're in Sabathia's head. So I would say just bunt yes. – on, on uh, Thursday night it is, just bunt all the time. Make Sabathia move uh, and let Porcello do his thing, get him three runs, and then just keep bunting. Uh, that'll piss Sabathia off enough that you'll win the game. No, I, I think one and two is fair. 
just because of who you have pitching. You're going up against Severino and Tanaka with a guy, two guys who you're just not sure what you're going to get at this point. Yeah, I totally agree. I think they're going to lose two out of three as well. Um, Yankees are hot. Sox won two out of three in Boston. And you assume these teams are probably going to be going pretty much at it the whole year. So it would make sense after six games to be three and three, which is what they would be if they lost two out of three and, you know, not having a lot of confidence in Pomeranz or Price at the moment. Maybe they'll surprise us. That would be great. But I think at the current moment with what we know and what we've seen and what's going on, I think losing two out of three it seems like a safe bet. Yep, but Red Sox we, lose two out of three means they would no longer be in first place in the division. This is true. Coming out of that series. Then you go to Toronto. Uh, over the border, three in Toronto. You have Erod Sanchez, uh, Salops, and Estrada. Pomeranz gets uh, the second start for the week against Stroman, who is 0-4. Um, yeah. So, rough start for him. <laughs> uh, three against Toronto. I have them sweeping Toronto. Um, they've fallen off a little bit. I think this is where they write the ship coming off the Yankee series. And don't get me wrong, I think they started to write the ship here against the end of the Kansas City series and against Texas, winning three out of four. Um, I think after that Yankee series, they need a team to beat up on. And the way Toronto's been playing lately, they're kind of coming back to earth a little bit. This is a week, this is a series to kind of help you even out the week a little bit. Um, I trust Erod against Sanchez. Uh, Sales to start where I assume they're going to win um, because he's been so good. And um, I can't imagine Pomerantz having two bad starts, especially when Stroman's the other side of it, and he's been god-awful. So um, that being said, I, I, I just like a sweep um, to make, to even out the week a little bit here. All right. Well, I'm going to go different from you. Uh, they've been so good this year, 25-9, and nine, obviously. I feel like, you know, a lot of road it's games Toronto, in Toronto Toronto. at the end of their road trip. I'm going to say lose two out of three again. Ooh, rough week. To Toronto. Yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, road games are tough, and after getting knocked down by the Yankees, assuming that we get that right, uh, I think that they'll lose two out of three again. So I'm going to say a two and four week, which would be weird, but they'll bounce back after that in the week afterwards. But down week this week. It makes I know sense. It's weird to hear me say that. Yeah, I'll say you're not the person to do that. Uh, <laughs> it makes sense to be a down week um, if it happens because, like you said, it's the end of a road trip, which is not easy, against a hot Yankees team and a Toronto team that if you play crappy against, then they, they, they can still hit the crap out of the ball. So um, that could be a tough series as well. But then. You, and we'll preview this more the next week, obviously. But then you have Oakland coming in and Baltimore coming in at home. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, se- that's seven games at home against teams that you should just destroy. Um, so it could be a especially good week. Baltimore. Yeah, especially four. And you have four games against Baltimore. So uh, that should be a pretty pretty good week uh, next week, which we'll talk about uh, on the show next weekend. But um, overall, I think you can expect an okay week. But uh, we'll leave it at that for the week. Don't forget, uh, the show is also brought to you by our good friends at him, 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. Uh, thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's, it's just too late by then, guys. And honestly, the hairline slowly starts to move backwards, and all of a sudden, you look like LeBron James. It's just wood. It's gone. Uh, and, and if you're, if you're slow losing your hair, you have any bald spots, I ask you, do you want a bald spot or a pop-up, or do you want something about it? Do you want to do something about it first? So the solution for you guys is 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Uh, thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with the real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. I know there are some of you listening who are thinking about this, so you want to jump on this. Uh, well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair before it's too late. No snake pill, no oil pills, no gas station counter supplements, whatever the heck that even means. Nowadays, prescription solutions backed by science. No waiting rooms, no awkward doctor visits. It's super easy and answer. You answer a few quick questions to the doctor and the products are shipped directly to your door. Um, 
I have an uncle who honestly has no hair, which is surprising because I have hair. <laughs> and um, I had a, another uncle who actually used this, and it actually worked. He was destined to look like the other uncle. My other uncle's bald. Destined to look like the other uncle. He now has hair, and apparently he's not going to lose it. So God bless this thing. I, I, I definitely check it out. And If you order now, our listeners are actually getting a free trial month of hymns for just $5 today right now while supplies last. So see website for for full details uh, that would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy go for hymns.com slash socks that's for hymns f-o-r-h-i-m-s dot com slash red or slash socks excuse me for hymns.com slash socks and uh, we'll leave it at that for the week uh, just important week coming up for the red Sox. don't forget everyone follow us at red Sox cns for the entire network red Sox coverage roundtables news feeds now that's in full swing uh, tracks has got coverage as well so don't forget to just kind of follow there at Sionis Media and just please 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 we beg you go rate review and subscribe on iTunes and uh, we'll pump out good content you'll be downloading right to your phone make it easy for you uh, for Jess Thomas I am Jared Scali. this has been Red Sox Beat another week here on CLNS Media